bonus episode here. Zach Dennis, your host of Cinematary. Uh, I just wanted to add this portion on to this past week's episode. Uh, I wanted to have it attached to our Death Proof episode, but just scheduling was was not aligning. But I still wanted to get this in time. Uh, I chatted with the executive director and lead film programmer of the Chattanooga Film Festival, Chris Dorch. And we chatted about Chattanooga and cinema in Chattanooga and all that good stuff. Uh, it's a festival that I will be attending this next week. You're going to be seeing a you know long rundown of all the films that I catch there at the Chattanooga Film Festival on Cinematary.com. But I also wanted to, you know, this is a... This is a, this is a, this is a Tennessee film festival. This is the Tennessee-based podcast. I wanted to kind of shed a light on on yet another great uh, organization that's doing stuff in the state of Tennessee, and especially my hometown of Chattanooga. I gotta you know give them a little bit of a shout out. Uh, but I'm just kind of rambling, and let's let's you know without further ado, here is my chat, Chris. And I am joined right now by the executive director and lead pro film programmer of the Chattanooga Film Festival, Mr. Chris Dorch. Chris, thank you so much for, for talking with me and, and kind of previewing the festival for us over here on Cinematary. No problem, man. Happy to do it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to attend the festival. This is, uh, I told you before, this is my second time going, but um I still feel like this is a festival that's relatively new. Um, when you, when you look at kind of the bigger festivals around the uh, around the country, so what what made you guys want to create a film festival in Chattanooga, and, and what was that process like for you? Well, I, I'll tell you, the history with that goes back pretty far in terms of. Uh I grew up in Chattanooga, but literally had to leave it when I was about 18 years old because there wasn't anything in the way of film education or even a chance to see an independent film on a, on a theater screen. And uh, years later, I moved back to the city and, uh, and uh, took a truly terrible job doing some industrial filmmaking. I was working in film, but I wasn't getting to work at all on the side of it or that I, that I cared about. And, uh, so sort of to chase away the depression of that, I started a pop-up movie theater, uh, a film club called, uh, MES. And, uh, when we started putting monthly screens together in Chattanooga, uh, for some reason, people started coming out and the audience started to get more loyal and sort of trust us a little more. And that sort of evolved to us staging sort of a small scale horror film festival, which we still do every year. It's called the Frightening Ass Film Festival. And there's still a big part of my heart involved in the, the staging of that event, too. But that sort of just led us down the path to try to create the first you know, what they would call destination film festival our city had ever had. And there were a lot of people at the time when we started telling us that we were 10 years away from having anything like that as a city. And so sort of a stubborn person who doesn't like to be told no, uh, 
when there's not a good reason for it. And we had so many good people willing to make, you know, kind of wage war with us and, and make it happen that we stepped up and said, let's try this. And now uh, we're staring down the barrel of year five somehow. No, I'm, I, I, I really am, am glad that you're, you're doing what you're doing because I'm, I also grew up in Chattanooga and that was just one of the things that there didn't really seem to be an outlet for, you know, like kind of a movie community outside of the, the big, you know, the big budget movies that were coming out at the, at the normal movie theaters. And so it's, it's great that, I mean, I've since moved, but it's great to see that there's a, a real community being built, you know, in the city to watch cinema. Uh, what do you think that this festival and, and kind of this growing community has meant to the city? I, I hope it's meant a lot. And, and uh, I definitely witnessed, we, we've got people like, there's a gentleman named Buddy Shirk that's been with me uh, watching films since he's been sitting on uncomfortable paint cans and whatever warehouse would uh, would host a screen for us that, uh, that week. Uh, so there's really been a lot of loyalty. And, you know, we're also seeing an increased number of uh, signups for their now local film classes and film programs. Those signups are, are doing very very well. It, it's, uh, it was one of those things where when we started out, it didn't necessarily feel like there was much of that culture or if there was that culture, it was being approached by a lot of people that had these kind of sled dog mentality or, you know, n- not sled dog mentalities, but lone wolf mentalities where if we had all started kind of pulling our, our resources and our passion, then, you know, things might've moved a little faster. And I'm, I'm glad to say that I think CFF has, has hopefully galvanized that a little bit. Uh, we see more local people picking up cameras. We see more local people, new faces all the time coming to screenings. Uh, we just did a screening uh, uh, last week of Pie Wacket, a really great film at, at midnight. And even for the lateness of the hour, there were a ton of new faces that turned up. So I've been very encouraged by how it's growing. I still feel like we have a lot of work to do, you know, uh, in the long run, but it's, it's work that it's easier for me to com- want to commit to doing, seeing all these people that have come out. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's another question I had because I know that you got, you all probably want to be, you know, in the, in the realm of Sundance and Tribeca and all, all those major film oh, festivals. I, I'd rather not actually. Really? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't want to, I think, uh, there, there's been a big sea change as to what film festivals are, uh, even in the last 10 years, you, you start to see, you know, even little satirical publications like The Onion, uh, you know, take little digs at South by Southwest or things like that. And, and to, to me, I, I'd rather a festival be about the movies and not the movie business. And I think that's what's happened. There's, there's a lot of these, these big giant festivals that are in love with the industry that are only as good as their, you know, corporate, you know, sponsored swag lounges. And, to me, I, I, I think there needs to be an antidote to that. There needs to be some festivals out there that are just about being a fan or seeing movies or celebrating filmmakers, not the film business. And I really, I, you know, I was flattered a few years back when Southern Living called us the Southern Sundance, but I'm also, you know, I'm not delusional enough to want to swing for that particular fence. It just doesn't feel right to me personally as to what I want people to think of when they think of this festival, you know? Yeah, no, I I, I, I I feel like that that kind of fits into the whole spirit of Chattanooga, that it's this, this city that's on the rise that a lot of people are starting to take notice of, but 
It's not, you know, it's not Nashville. It's not Memphis. It's not Atlanta. It's not sure. a giant hub. Uh, so I feel like, you know, if, if your festival can kind of capture that, that indie small spirit, then that's, that's, you know, that's resonant as well. Yeah, no, that, that's really what I, what I care a lot more about, uh, you know, is, is putting together this incredible family of filmmakers and, you know, having an audience out here that, that sort of becomes part of that extended family, you know, like for example, we've got, uh, we've got some gentlemen that are podcasters. They've been coming to the festival since year one this year that now Mike, one of their main hosts is, is doing film intros for us. Not because we were like, all right, Mike, strap him on and let's get to work. But because he sort of became part of our family, it really has like organically become this, this just crew of people that sort of all get to get together only a few times a year at events like this. And, uh, it's, it's just, I feel like that, love and, and that, you know, reverence for, for the medium is, is tangible on the ground out here. You know, I hope so. Anyway. So. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned the, the, the podcasting aspect, because I noticed on the schedule for the festival, you have a couple events where there's live recordings, you know, what, what, what can people expect from that? Because that's, I think that's always something that's kind of exciting to watch, uh, you know, a live podcasting. I really agree. Yeah. I, I think there's such a, uh, uh, especially with shockwaves there there's a there's a facebook group built around that podcast that's to me one of the most incredible positive places to go talk about you know genre cinema of any type and what i really love about some of these podcasts is the, the audiences that they're going out and finding and you know the, these wind up being the same sort of people that we ourselves are hoping discover us or hoping come in and showing something like shockwaves which i'm a listener every week every week when it comes out it's, it's something i'm excited about that to me is just a way to kind of strengthen what we offer which is you know i, I want it to not just be films but all types of things that celebrate films which another good example of that is joe bob briggs does a talk with us every year and this to me is a way to celebrate the history of film but do it in a way that's, that's entertaining and accessible, you know, because I always have people that come up to me and tell me they love movies, but they don't consider themselves a movie buff. And I think they're, they're ready to be, you know, kind of alienated by someone making a pretentious statement. You know, they're, they're one, uh, they're one reference to art house cinema away from, you know, looking for the exits. And to me, I, I want, those people that even if they're film buffs that don't have the benefit of, uh, you know, having graduated from NYU or something like that, they, you know, they have a lot to love about, about this festival. I, I want to sort of stoke the fires of film love and people like that too, and try to, you know, cultivate an atmosphere where there isn't hopefully any pretension. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I, th I know here at Cinematary, we, we, we try to do that as well. We want to be as accessible as possible. Uh, that's great. Yeah. So like, let's talk about the schedule that you guys have this year. I feel like the one that you, you're probably the most excited about is the world premiere of Life After Flash, which for listeners who don't know, it's a documentary about the impact of, of Flash Gordon, kind of on popular culture even today. Um, how did it work out that you guys are going to be doing the world premiere of that movie? 
somehow we ended up with, if you count short films, six or seven world premieres this year. And uh, for us as a festival, you know, we're always glad to have world premiere content, but it's so not what we're hanging our hat on. You know, there's some festivals that are only as good as their world premieres or trying to, you know, make sure that the content they have is just brand new and exclusive. To me, as much as I'm excited to have new content like Life After Flash, I'm equally excited to have a movie like, say, Tigers Are Not Afraid, that while it's been on the film festival circuit for a while, it still doesn't have distribution. There's still not that many opportunities to see it. And uh, with Life After Flash, again, I was kind of talking about that little film festival family we've uh, kind of forged out over the years. That was a film that... Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Flash Gordon, and uh, last year during the festival, me and Cargill, who, of course, is another incredible podcast host, uh, stayed up way too late after the festival one night and, and you know drank some whiskey and watched the movie and sort of made a pact that we were going to do something next year that involved how much we love Flash Gordon. And then Dave Lawson, uh, who, of course, uh, has produced all the incredible films for Benson and Moorhead, films like Trash Fire, such an amazing dude, such an amazing producer, was aware of this project, Life After Flash, and was like, it's so hilarious that you guys are trying to do some sort of a tribute to Flash this year. A good friend of mine has a documentary that's about exactly that. And then it, uh, you know, took an E intro between us and that filmmaker. But when Ashley and, and Lisa, the directors uh, or the, you know, the filmmakers of life after flash sort of saw how pure of heart we were and how much love we had for flash. And the next thing we know, we just sort of had that, you know, uh, world premiere. So it's, it's been one of those things where our own fandom and our own earnestness has helped us a lot with, with things like that. That's cool because that, that seems to kind of again harken back to the the real uh, the real core of, of this festival. Um, what you know, what, what, uh, you, there's a lot of other films, both short films and feature films. You know, anything. I know it's kind of too long to sit there and just list all of them, but anything that you're kind of excited about because it's something that people, especially in the Chattanooga area, uh, you know normally would not be able to see something like this. There's a, a few examples like that. I, one I would say is what places demon, which I don't know if you've had a chance to see uh, anywhere else uh, is it, sort of a, a perfect example of a filmmaker with just this crazy singular vision who over seven years, almost entirely with green screen made this just quirky, incredible movie that I, you know, if you don't see it at a festival right now, I'm not sure when or where you're going to have a chance to see it. And uh, so that's one thing. Uh, every year we do uh, a screening with our friends at Bleeding Skull, and they always bring something really fun. Uh, and this year we have Ninja Zombie with them, which is another one of those things that, you know, you could come to CSF and have an entirely art house based experience and see, you know, documentaries about Ruth Bader Ginsburg or an Agnes Varda film. Or you could come and watch a shot on video masterpiece, uh, you know, with the name Ninja Zombie. So I really like that there's this choose your own adventure aspect that depending on what kind of a film fan you are, whether you want to stick to one thing or another, or you're adventurous enough to kind of, you know, make some choices all over the map. I really feel like we have something to kind of feed the beast for you. And, and uh, the bleeding skull thing is to me, I, I hope one of our signature events every year, we get to do it every year. And I think we always will. I just love what those guys are, are trying to do. And I love that they're kind of these archeologists for, uh, for things that might not have seen the light of day, especially in a town like Chattanooga. Otherwise. I, I, I feel 
like this year, especially, it's going to be a little bit different um, in terms of, of, of venues for you, for you guys. Uh, I mean, I've just been kind of watching on the outside, looking at news articles and, and such, but it seems like, I mean, is there going to be anything? I know in the past, uh, when I went, you, you guys were in kind of a central location. Uh, what's kind of the expectation in terms of, of, of viewing everything this year? I, I know that there's a new, a new theater opening up in downtown Chattanooga, but I guess what can people kind of expect in that realm? Yeah, it's funny. I used to be affiliated with that that new theater and kind of me and our entire staff resigned from that place and got out of there. Uh, because again, we, we really do try to view ourselves as being in this for the right reason. And if anybody sort of gives us a sniff that money is more what they care about than movies, then it's not really a place we feel good about being. Uh, but that, that said, uh, quietly in the background in Chattanooga, Chattanooga has always been a place where there haven't been very many theater options or even theater chains. And we're in a position right now, other than maybe one outlying regal where AMC kind of controls our entire town. And we worked with them last year for year four and they had just bought out Carmike. And what resulted were probably more technical errors or issues projecting films that we ourselves knew how to project than we'd ever experienced. And we kind of, did not like the lack of care that went into into the you know their approaching of our event last year and to us we're only as good as our presentation and we wanted to find a place that wasn't just a multiplex that felt like Chattanooga that felt like what we loved about this town ourselves and uh, that sort of led us organically to the Chattanooga Theater Center who you know in addition to uh, there's been around 95 years. Uh, you know, so they're, they're in their own way kind of a cultural institution for this town, but they also kind of had this mission of being sort of a town hall for the arts, you know, being a place where no matter what kind of art it was, that they would sort of open your their doors to you. And that to us, uh, along with the creation of some incredible software called ProLudio, allowed us to kind of cut the leash and not deal with you know, a megaplex chain anymore. And that to me, uh, in, in some ways feels like we're getting to do a year of CFF. That's the purest year that we've had yet. It, it feels like, you know, we're no longer, you know, dealing with these theater chains that are demanding that you, that they'd be considered a sponsor, even though you're paying them to use their spot, you know, things like that. I just, it didn't fit the ethos for the festival that we felt ourselves was there. And that's why I'm so glad to have this change of venue. And like you said, uh, it really still is centralized. We've been able to, to house all the theaters because the space is so huge in, you know, under one roof and actually make it, we think a more user-friendly experience. So it, we've gone from having this little nook of about four screens in the back of an AMC to having this massive 44,000 square foot compound that we're allowed to put strange stuff in every corner of. And I feel like this is the first year that the festival that hits the streets is going to be kind of what we see in our heads, you know? That's, that's awesome. Um, any, any, any last, you know, pitches to, to people who maybe are, uh, you know, a little hesitant, not sure what to expect, uh, you know, just to kind of get them out here and, and visiting in Chattanooga and coming to the festival. 
I would say if you're if you're coming to CFL for the first time, duck in and see Joe Bob Briggs and kind of get a sense of what we think the festival is all about. Because Joe Bob is this guy that as much reverence as he has for the history of film, the history of cinema, that there's still so much humor and heart and such a lack of pretension baked into what he does that I think you'll start to get a sense of, of why we're going about it the way that we are, why that we hope the kind of work that we're doing is an antidote to, you know, the, a lot of things that have happened in, in the industry in the past couple of years. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very much looking no forward to, to coming to the festival. Yeah, likewise. Make sure to say hello if you, if you see me around. I will. Good chat there. Hope you guys check out the Chattanooga Film Festival. If you're in the area, I think it's it sounds really cool, doesn't it? Uh, I'm going to li- have the links to just their general website as well as the schedule and lineup in the thing the dudes below. Uh, but please check it out. Lots of cool films. I'm super excited about all of them. Uh, I've kind of already mapped out the ones that I'm going to go see. Uh, A couple notes real quickly. Please go check the website. We have some good writing this past week. We have a review of Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, We have Michael's recap of the 3D programming for Big Ears. And then we have a review from by myself on Unsane. I think it's a little underrated. People aren't really giving it its due. I think it's a really great little film by Steven Soderbergh. Uh, That is on the website now. And one of the other notes I wanted to make was... We are now starting a weekly newsletter for Cinematary. Uh, it's going to be, you know, nothing too intrusive. Every Sunday, I'm going to send it send it out. It's going to have our, the, the episode from the past week. It's going to have our writing from the past week. If we've done anything else, it'll link to that. I'm hoping that we can even have, you know, a little recommendation tab from our contributors of movies they've seen recently that they recommend. It's really cool. Uh, you can subscribe. There's a sign up on our Facebook page. There's a sign up on our website. Uh, but please do that. I'm going to be really pushing that. I think it's a really cool tool and it helps people really engage with our with our website. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode. I appreciate it. I think Chris is great. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week.